0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. In this podcast, we're doing something special. We will be diving into Money 101 with Vernon Michelle Fraze, which they've been teaching to our Unite youth. So settle in to learn some practical wisdom and principles on finances that come from God's Word. How you doing tonight? Oh, thank you. Well, since it's the last night of the service, you know, I thought I'd dress up a little bit here, got my tux on and we are going to be talking about long-term goals, so I don't know how many guys want to go to Hawaii and stuff. That might be one of your goals there, so I thought this would be apropos to, to wear my Hawaiian shirt, but uh, glad you guys are here tonight. Real quick, we'll do a review, but I want you to raise your hand so I can call on you instead of just shouting out the answer. So We're going to review real quick the first five uh, things that we talked about, the principles we talked about. Magic. what's number one? Money is a tool. Money is a tool, Correct. How about number two? That's all Somebody in the back. Don't hide back there. What was the second principle we learned? Come on. Okay, Rush. Nobody... Hmm? Remember what the second principle was?
1: You can cheat. You can look back at your notes.
0: Okay, Mackenzie. Hold on, Mackenzie. says Money she. Comes from work. Okay, there you go. Money comes from work. Go ahead and look at the third one, Mackenzie, since you were... A... What was it? Right. You're making money. You don't want to hide it on your mattress or in a coffee can out in the yard. They accused me of doing that at my workplace. But you want to put it in a secure place in a bank, a credit union. bless you, Olivia. All right, number four, what was the fourth principle we talked about? What's that? You don't have that one? Don't you remember? yes the yeah. b the b word no, budget you got to have a plan for your money if you don't have a plan for your money it's just gonna evaporate into thin air before you know it you won't realize where everything's gone all right what did we talk about last week debt. what about it, yeah, it is dangerous. debt is bad you want to avoid debt at all costs what were the three c's of debt that we talked about Yep. Car, probably first thing for you guys. And then college is something you're going to be looking at. And when you get to college, probably, or when you turn 18, they're going to be saying, okay, get some credit cards. All right. Before we go to the sixth principle tonight, you guys ever play what if or would you rather? I'm sorry. Would you rather? Okay. So I'm going to ask you, would you rather? Would you rather... If I gave you something tonight, have a million dollars. that real? <laughs> it's not real. My armed guards are not here, so obviously it's not real. But for the sake of would you rather, would, if, if I had the means, would you rather I give you a million dollars tonight or I would give you one penny, wait a minute, and I'm going to double it every day for 30 days? Okay, we'll tell you the answer later. Okay. Every amount, it doubles every day. So the second day it's two cents, the third day it's four cents, and it just keeps doubling, whatever the amount is doubles each day for 30 days. So, we will get back to that later, but, Tonight, excuse me, tonight we're going to be talking about the sixth principle, which is we don't mix our money until we're married. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. Doesn't matter whether you're engaged, doesn't matter whether you're a boyfriend or girlfriend, you do not mix your finances, okay? After you're married, it's what you need to do, not just what you should do, it's what you need to do. So uh, when you're married, what we want to say is that it's either jointly or all together, which means that it's not mine, it's not hers, it's ours. And we have seen and talked to people that feel like, You know, he needs to have his money and I need to have mine and we have an account to pay the bills and so forth. But, you know, I've got to have my money and he's got to have his. And that is not the way that God designed it. Okay? when we go to the book of Genesis in chapter two, verse 24, he talks about the two shall become one. That means in everything that doesn't just mean a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It means everything. It means your finances. And the devil can use that tremendously to your disadvantage if you do keep it separate and you do, you know, have your account and he has his account. Because what ultimately is going to happen is, you know, I'm going to, he won't mind if I do, if I buy this, you know, and she won't mind if I go on this golf trip or whatever it is. And he uses to drive a wedge in there. So... You have to be careful about that. And like I said, before you're married though, it's not even a consideration. It doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're uh, engaged or not. You can start setting goals and uh, talking about a budget. That is fine, but you keep your finances separate. And we would encourage you, that is something that you definitely want to talk about with somebody that you're starting to get serious with You know, obviously, faith is the first thing. You know, where is that person at in their walk with God? And how is that going to correlate in your relationship? You know, that has to be the center of it. But one of the other things that you're going to need to talk about is how they feel about money. You know, maybe they haven't been taught how to handle their money, how to use it in a wise way, to use it for God's glory and to use it for future things. So not saying it's a deal breaker because they can learn, you know, just like you guys are learning. But if they've developed habits that uh, you know are not right and that are going to cause some problems later on, it might be something that you want to extend things and you want to you know, check things out a little bit more, make sure that that's really what God's calling you to do. We're going to go to principle seven there. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point, Pastor Eric. Thank you very much. He hit the nail on the head there. You know, who's, even if you pay th- all the same amount of money, it's still, you're still tied with other people and they want it the weekend that you want it, you know, different things like that. So you have to be very careful about that.
1: I was going to say, just to add, if you look at your page, when, when two or more people, if you mix money together and you're not married, that becomes a business relationship. So businesses mix money, but they usually always, well, not usually, they should always have, they have contracts and there are plans and there are, you know, goals that are joint In that situation with the jet ski, let's say, you know, one of the guys says, hey, I'm just gonna go ahead and pay it off because I don't want the debt. Well, then whose is it? Because he paid some and the other two, said, I paid some, you know, can I have it like, you know, it becomes a a big problem. It makes a, a rift between friends. Same thing in a family. Um, You know, if you're gonna give somebody money, give them money, but don't sign up for debt with somebody. Don't sign up for um, investments with people unless it's a business, like a legit business relationship or you're married and you and your spouse are exactly on the same page. You've talked about it and you've planned it out and that is your united goal together.
0: Okay, so principle number six, you do not mix your money until marriage. Now principle number seven, Plan for your retirement. I know you guys are saying, retirement, that's buku years away, you know? I don't even have to think about that. That's for old people like my grandma and grandpa, my mom and dad maybe if they're older like me, but uh, you think that's way off. Don't wait. It is vital to get started early and Michelle's gonna talk about that and show you the impact that it can have if you get started earlier. So do not miss that point. Plan for your retirement now when you're young, and it will open up so many doors and so many opportunities, and like we talked about with debt, it can limit what you want to do in your life and how you want to help people, where you want to go, you know, the plans that you might have if you want to go to Hawaii or the beach or on a cruise, or whatever it is, if you're tied down, if you haven't put your money into retirement and put it away for later on, and that's part of your budget, you're still paying other things, but that's out there. It's so vital to you guys to do it now. I didn't do it right away when I started, and that is one of the things that I've uh, really struggled with and that the enemy's beating me up with, you know, but I can't change that. All I can do is go forward from here. So that's why we're doing things like this series and telling you guys and teaching you guys that if you start early, like I said, I'm not gonna steal her thunder, but you're gonna see the amazing impact they can have. So we know that there are different uh, things that you guys want to save money for, but not all the types of savings are equal. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more tonight. The one type of savings is called short-term savings, or we talked about having an emergency fund for things that come up, and that can be done in your savings account, okay? Now, typically, your savings account at the bank or the credit union or whatever, you're not going to get much interest. You're not going to make a lot of money off of that chunk of money that you're putting in the bank but it's going to be there for when you have that emergency or as you become a young adult and you get into college and out of college and you start your life you know you might have large purchases like appliances for your house that you're getting you know or your apartment whatever it is maybe it's you want to go on vacation you know I I spent 4 years of college working my butt off I deserve a little Vacation before I get into the real world, you know. You can have that short term savings set up in your bank account for major purchases or for emergencies, like we talked about. You're not going to make a lot of money there, but it's easy to access to. When you need it right away, you can just go down to your bank and say, hey, I need to pull out this money because I need it for X, Y, and Z. The second part of that that we're gonna talk about more tonight, and Michelle's gonna touch on, is long-term savings, specifically for your retirement. And that should be done where interest can do the work for you. So that's kind of where I'm gonna stop here and let Michelle uh, go from there.
1: Yep, so who's a math nerd? I got a few, okay. I mean, I am sometimes. You guys see on the top of your page, there's a formula there? Can anybody do that formula for me up here? Okay, I got one maybe, okay, maybe with a calculator. All right, well here's the good news, we don't have to do that formula. All right, you don't have to worry about it. I just put it up there, because we might have some math nerds. That is the formula for compound interest. Now remember, way back on week one, we said if you guys stick it out, and you stay till the fourth week, we're gonna tell you how you can become net worth millionaires, right? This is that lesson right now. So you're gonna do it with a thing called compound interest. So as far as your little blanks go there, I didn't leave you very much space. But this is important to grasp however you grasp it. Compound interest is, and you might need to write small and make it on two lines. It's when, one, you earned interest on the money that you saved. All right, so that's one. You earn money on the interest that you have saved. And in this example, we are talking about retirement. That's going to be your biggest thing, hopefully, that you ever save up for in your entire life. All right, bigger than a car, bigger than a house, bigger than college, that's a big thing you're going to save up for. And that's where your million-dollar-plus net worth is going to be sitting at when you guys are ready to retire. All right, so compound interest is when you earn interest on the money you saved and, all right, so not just that money, but now you're going to get this extra money, you're going to earn interest on the interest that you just earned. Yes? Oh, you need pens. I'll get them. I'll get them. Okay. We'll get you taken care of. We'll, we'll get you your, your answers there. So you're earning interest on the money you've saved plus interest on that interest. You guys remember when we talked about debt, how interest works against you and you have to pay that on top of whatever the purchase is that you went into debt for and how that, um, that extra interest was costing you so much money. Well, with compound interest, we're gonna flip that equation and we're gonna make interest work for you but work hard, extra hard for you. Not just regular interest, but compound interest. Now, Vern asked you guys just a few minutes ago, and some of you guys knew, did you want the penny, doubled a day for 30 days, or the million dollars? Who's picking the million dollars? If some of you guys want a million dollars? You want to walk out tonight? You want a million dollars? I don't know where he put it. There. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's not anything to laugh at. That's a million dollars. But... I'm gonna show you how compound interest works, all right? Now there's no such thing as a magic penny, really that doubles every day, even as big as it is. But if you double that penny, all right, so today I give you the penny. For those of you who's taken the penny deal. Okay, today you get a penny. That's all you walk out of here with. But tomorrow when you come back, I'm giving you how many pennies? Impressed, right? And the day after that, how many pennies you're gonna get? Four pennies. Now the folks that have a million, they've probably bought a car, and you're thinking, they are living up pretty good and I've got four cents in my pocket. After a week of doing that, I'm gonna, you're gonna come in and I'm gonna give you 64 cents, all right? So you can't even buy a soft drink yet, yet, but we're doubling that every single day. So after a week, or two weeks, I'm gonna give you $81.92. I mean, $81 is good, right? It's not a million, but $81 is okay. What about? On the third week, this is where it gets interesting. On the third week, because we've been doubling it, you're gonna have $10,485.76 that I'm gonna give you. Now that's, it's starting to look impressive. Still not a million, but impressive. By the fourth week, right, we're at 28 days now of doing this, you're gonna be at $1,342,177.28. Now, you guys have surpassed the folks that walked out of here with a million and have spent maybe most of it, okay? But we're not done yet. We still have a couple more days. We were going to do this for 30 days, not just 28. And in 30 days, I'll let him get this out. In 30 days, can anybody guess how much money you're going to have? It's a lot. More than 2 million. How much? More than 4 million. 5,368,709 dollars and 12 cents. Was that a good investment? Yeah. What? What did it take though? Time. time. It took time and it took some patience, right? You had to say no to what looked really nice all of a sudden and let time work for you. What if you needed though a million dollars tomorrow? Would you have time? No. You wouldn't have time. So that's why you guys need to start planning, for retirement now. Don't wait until you're thinking, man, in three or four years, I'd like to retire. That's too late. That's when you have to settle for way less. So, I'm, like I said, we don't have a real magic penny in this world. I'm gonna give you an example that's much more realistic. You're still gonna be impressed, I promise. This is something real life that you can use. We did the penny and the million dollar example to prove a real life concept at work, and that's compound interest. That's literally how compound interest works it starts out kind of slow. And you think, eh, I'm not so sure about this. But then with time, with a lot of time, eventually it starts really picking up. And before you know it, that money is working for you. You're not still slaving and putting that money in trying to save, it's working for you while you sleep, while you're on vacation, while you're doing other things and enjoying your family. So compound interest is how you're gonna make your retirement goals and how you're gonna hit that million dollar plus net worth. Now, if you wanna look in scripture, I'm not gonna read through it just for the sake of time, but this could be homework for you guys. Write these verses down. Some people say, well, scripture says not to worry about tomorrow, and you know, I mean, even the birds get fed, so I'm not worried about retirement. God will make it happen. This is what I wanna point out, is in those scriptures, God's talking about anxiety and about our heart, about emotional things, about that kind of worry. He's not talking about not planning for the future. God wants us to plan for the future. So here's what I want you to look up and read. I want you to look up first Matthew 25, 14 through 30. So write that one down. That is the parable of the talents. Some of you guys are probably familiar. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And then you'll find a similar parable in Luke. It's Luke 19, 11 through 27. And if you're not familiar... I'll just give you the basic idea, is that there was a master that was going away, and he had some servants, and he entrusted them with different amounts of money, and when he came back, those that had invested and grown that money were rewarded, but the ones that didn't were not. So that's something for you guys to look up and read into and and really consider when you're thinking about saving up for yourselves. All right, we are going to look at this scripture. This is Proverbs 1322, what does that say? Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It's like just good little chunks of information. Somebody read it for me. Who wants to read it? Yep, go ahead. An inheritance is not limited to money. It also includes godly characteristics like integrity and trustworthiness. Combining a financial inheritance with wisdom and godliness ensures that the next generation will also manage God's blessing, God's way, for God's glory after, long after your life. Yeah, absolutely. So Proverbs is saying a good person leaves the inheritance for not only his own children, but his children's children. So, you know, for you guys, that would be, am I going to receive an inheritance when, when grandma and grandpa pass, when my mom and dad pass? Are you going to be able to leave an inheritance for your kids, for your kids' kids? That's scriptural. That's what God wants us to do. Now, You might think, well, but we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. That inheritance isn't just finances, right? God's kingdom requires finances to work. How can you feed the poor if you don't have money? How can you build a a clinic or a hospital in a third world country if you don't have money? Spreading God's kingdom, it takes our words, but it also takes finances. God wants his people to have the money to use it to build his kingdom. So in that inheritance, that's money, but that's also the wisdom and the knowledge to use it well. That's the wisdom and the knowledge to serve God, to follow God. Those are all those things, those are all those riches that you guys are gonna pass on to your kids and to your kids' kids. So keep that in mind with an inheritance. It's not just financial. All right, here's my few pieces of retirement investing um, wisdom or advice. Now some of you guys aren't at that point yet. Um, but I will tell you, you can start doing these as soon as you have a job where you get a pay stub and you have to fill out a tax return. You don't have to wait till you're 18. So 16, you're working at McDonald's, you're working at Chick-fil-A, you have a paycheck, you have a pay stub, you're paying taxes or you're at least filing a tax return, you can start doing this at that point, so start early. All right, you want to invest, and I gave you the answer, 15% of your income, whatever your paycheck is for that week or those two weeks, is the amount that you wanna start putting into your retirement beginning with which paycheck? Your very first one. Start that habit now. Don't wait till you say, well, when I have a real job, I'll start, no, start now. I'm gonna show you why you need to have time to start building that. All right, so start with your first paycheck. If you are 16, 17, 18, well, 16, 17, you say, well, where do I even invest it at? Here's what you do, you, with your parents, you open up a Roth IRA, you can write that down, a Roth IRA, you can go to any investment place and say I wanna open up a Roth IRA, here's my paycheck, if you're under 18, take your parents with you, you can open that up, and they're gonna say okay, we've got your money, we've got your $200, your $300, what do you wanna do with it? It's in a Roth IRA, you have to decide. So within that, you want to do something called diversification. Now that's a big word that means spread it out. Spread it out. Who likes deep peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Okay, or what about like cheese spread? Something you spread on a sandwich. What if I took a big glob of peanut butter and my piece of bread, and I just put all of it on the end of the piece of bread and then the rest of the bread was plain? Is that a peanut butter sandwich? Or is that just like a gross glob of peanut butter and then bread, right? So what do you do? You, you spread it out. You spread it out. You diversify. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's a saying that maybe older people use. So what that means is, say you have a company that you love. Say you love Adidas, and you want to invest in Adidas stock. And so you put every dime you have in Adidas, and in 10 years, Adidas tanks. Guess how much money you have? (laughs) You have zero. So... You want to diversify and invest in a lot of different things. Now this can get confusing, so fortunately for us, financial people have made it kind of easy. You want to invest in, if you don't know anything else to pick, pick a mutual fund. Tell your investment person, put it in mutual funds. This is what a mutual fund is. This is like the easiest investing answer I can give you. It's a whole bunch of stocks, whole bunch. And mutually a whole bunch of people put their money in and somebody who really can follow it and knows, they manage it for you. And if, say over here, Adidas doesn't do so well, that's okay, because in that mutual fund, over here, what type of shoes do you have? Nike does really well, so this one went down, this one came up, and it balances out. So you're still safe, you have that comfort. Okay, so that's the other one, mutual funds. If you look at, I'm not gonna read it, Ecclesiastes 11.2. Does anybody read the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes? So Proverbs is like all that wisdom. The Psalms are the songs. Ecclesiastes, I feel like, is that book, I think it was written by Solomon, is that book that if you kind of have this like, the world stinks, and I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I'd like to have at least a little bit of wisdom, if that's your attitude sometimes, read Ecclesiastes because that's kind of the the vibe that I get when I read it. It's got the great wisdom of Proverbs, but it's got that this world ain't so great sometimes. But in Ecclesiastes, what we learn is to diversify because you don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Adidas stock may look great right now, fantastic. We were talking about Bitcoin. There may be a time when Bitcoin looks great and you wanna jump on it and put everything you have into it. But if next year it tanks and goes under, how much do you have? Nothing, right? So this is your future, this is your retirement. Diversify so you have that safety net. Invest in only what you understand. So if somebody comes up to you with this get rich quick scheme, says it's only like 50,000, but I guarantee you, you're gonna get 2 million when it's all said and done. I don't wanna explain the details, but it's gonna be great, it's a sure thing. If they won't tell you and you don't understand, you gotta walk away. if it sounds too good to be true, It probably is. So make sure you understand what you're investing in. And finally, never, ever, ever borrow against your retirement account. We already said that debt was bad, right? So debt, borrowing from yourself is even worse. We don't wanna borrow from other people and we definitely don't wanna steal from ourselves with debt. So never borrow from your retirement account. All right, if you flip the page over This is not my original example here, but this is an example of investing early and how you're gonna get to that million dollar plus net worth. So Dave Ramsey put this one together. Some of you may have heard it before, but basically this is a story of two brothers, Ben and Arthur. Ben and Arthur are young. I think uh, we're gonna make them twins because they're doing all this at the same time. So let's assume they're twins. At 19 years old, they get out of high school and they enter the workforce. Ben has taken this class that you guys are taking, and he says, you know what, I remember. Start investing with my first paycheck. Arthur on the other hand says, eh, I wanna live a little bit. I'm making good money, I'd rather spend some. I'll invest in a few years. So Ben invests from the age of 19 to 26, and he invests $2,000 a year. Now that is, if you get paid every other week, That's about $84 a paycheck. That's not a ton, that's doable, right? $84 a paycheck, and you do that for eight years. That's what Ben did. How much did he invest in total? Of his own money? Yes. $16,000, good. And at that point he stops, he stops investing. He's got other goals, he's doing other things, but he stops investing, he's put in $16,000. Arthur, at this point he decides he's gonna kick it up. Now it's time to invest. He's going to invest the exact same amount that his brother did. The thing is, though, he's going to have to be investing right up until the time he retires at age 65. Same thing $2,000 a year. In total, he invests. Anybody add it up real quick? How much of his own money did he put in? It's a lot of $2,000. I know. $78,000. Okay, so he invested $78,000 of his hard-earned money. His brother invested only $16,000 of his hard-earned money, but with the power of compound interest, look at the bottom. Who has the most money? Ben, but he only put in $16,000. He only put in 16,000. And the the interest rate, because that's important, the interest rate, figuring this, is right around 12%. You might think, especially some of you adults may say, eh, there's no 12%, no, like my savings account gets 0.5 or something. No, if you invest in mutual funds, solid mutual funds, the average over the past 40 years is about 12%. And short of our country collapsing, it will probably be around 12% looking forward. Some years it's going to be great. It's going to be 30% return, which is awesome. Some years it's going to be bad and it's going to be like 4%. But over the average, it's going to be 12 So if you put that money in, you don't borrow from yourself. You leave it there. You put it on autopilot. You guys are going to retire, if you did this, with how much? Yeah. $2 million. If you start early and, re- and, and invest consistently. So early and consistent. All right. Does anybody have any questions about that? I tried to skip the big math part and just make it really simple. No? Nope? All right. So... Over the past four weeks, we've talked about money, we've talked about finances. Um, Do you remember what we said at the very beginning about why money and belongings and finances is mentioned so much in scripture? You guys remember why we said that? Do you remember why? Is it because God wants the money? Okay, he doesn't want the money. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't want the money. So why is it in there so much? In this book, why is it in there so many times? What's the money connected to? Our heart. heart. What does God really want? He wants our hearts. He wants your hearts. And like we said in the first week, in his wisdom, God knew that money, if this were real, and I gave it to you and said, hey, go shopping, you're gonna go to the store or to the place that has your heart's desire. If you like athletics, you're gonna go to the sporting goods store. If you like to travel, you're gonna be looking on Hotels.com or Expedia, right? Where your money is, your heart's closely connected. That's why there's so much mention of money and belongings in scripture. So we talked last week about debt, right? Is debt bad? Yeah. What do you do if you get into debt? you work like crazy to get out of it, right? You work like crazy. But here's the thing, every single one of us has a debt. We were born with a debt, we were born with a sin debt. And there's no amount of work that I can do, that he can do, that any of us can do to get out of that. Like if financial debt really holds people back and suffocates people and is harmful, spiritual debt is deadly right? In the end, spiritual debt is deadly, and there's nothing we can do on our own to get out of it. So the great thing is, somebody died for you to clear that debt, right? You guys know who that is? You, You know him. Who knows him personally? That's the thing. Who knows him personally, right? You have to accept him and know him personally. You have to accept Jesus and know him personally and say, hey, look, God, you sent Jesus to take away my debt, my sin debt, because no amount of going to church, no amount of, hey, my family goes to church all the time, no amount of, I'll do good things for the poor, I'll do good things for the needy, no amount of, I'm not a bad person, that doesn't clear the debt at all. Only Jesus can clear that debt. And so tonight, before we wrap up this finance lesson, you know, finances are important, but it's our heart that matters more than anything at all. And if you guys learn nothing about finances, I at least want you to know this one thing, is the debt you have that you were born with, Jesus will clear it off, he will wipe that slate clean, and all you have to do is ask. So before you leave here tonight, if you don't know that for certain for yourself, go to one of your leaders, come to one of us, you know, get somebody who does know, and say, hey, tell me, tell me how to do that, sit down with me, before you walk out the door, do that, okay? And here's the other thing, we've told you throughout the week, Or throughout the past few weeks, take this information home, the finance information, share it with your families. Maybe they don't have that information. Share it with your friends. Share it with people that you know. Well, here's what's also true. What I just told you about that spiritual debt, above and beyond anything else, you share that with your families. You share that with your friends. Because that's the biggest investment you can make in anything. You know, it beats $5 million in fake money sitting up here. Um, it's, It's... yeah, it beats all that, right? And that is a commission that we have on us, that, that we have as adults, but also you guys, when you're believers, it's a commission on you. So I was trying to figure out a way, how can I better equip you guys? If you know Jesus, how can I better equip you to, to spread that information? So before we leave here tonight, we've got a couple more minutes. Before you guys leave, we actually are going to give you some million-dollar bills, right? It's a way that you can, I mean, they look good, they look as good as our other fake money, but they actually talk about how to accept that gift, how to get out of that debt, right? So they're called tracts, um, but it's something that you can just have as a reminder for yourself about the lessons we learned here, but also about that spiritual debt that we carry. We also brought paydays for you guys. Now, I can't pay you in real money, but if you like candy bars, full-size candy bars, before you leave, grab paydays, and if you don't like paydays, we also have like some other—I don't know what they are—Hershey or Reese cups or something.
0: Reese's, I thought you yeah. had.
1: I couldn't find hundred grands. I looked. I looked. <laughs> I tried.
0: Speaking of hundred grands, did anybody oh, find yeah. a scripture to earn the? We still have the hundred dollars. I,
1: I did bring that hundred dollars. If anyone found a scripture that God said God debt, is that good. debt
0: is good, this is a
1: real hundred. You try. If you can find a place that says debt is good, I would pay anybody $100. There is not. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to write it in? (laughs) Pastor Eric, we're going to turn it over to you as we wrap up.
0: Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m.